Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Over the past few weeks, I've been noticing an unfamiliar name near the top of the local podcast charts, right up there alongside big shows like Joe Rogan, Stuff You Should Know and The Daily, True Crime New Zealand. And this independent, locally produced podcast made by a husband and wife team for fun in their spare time has been up as high as number four in the charts, even though it only started up last month. In a moment, I'll speak to Sirius Rust, not his real name, who thought that success would be getting just a few listeners. The other interesting thing is the way the show's been responding to its reviews. The first true crime New Zealand episode I heard was one all about Minnie Dean. On August the 12th, 1895, Southland baby farmer Wilhelmina Dean became the first and only woman to be sentenced to death in New Zealand. The name of Minnie Dean lives on, and around that name has grown a legend. Southland children who misbehave are threatened, not with boogeymen, but with being sent to Minnie Dean. If that style sounds ever so slightly familiar, it might remind you of another show we featured on the podcast hour before, Case File, a true crime show narrated by a deadpan, almost monotonous, anonymous Australian narrator who keeps his true identity secret. But a few reviewers of True Crime New Zealand weren't big fans. Horrible narration, it's almost unbearable. The narrator's terrible, change him. I'm sorry, but is this a joke? It's good, but sorry, the narrator is terrible. All of which must have been a bit of a blow for Sirius and his wife to hear, who, remember, they're new to this and they're doing it all in their spare time at home. But they confronted the criticism head on, releasing another episode which said, We have had a great response so far, with lots of positive feedback, as well as hearing some criticism, particularly around the style of narration. This is a style we tried out and ultimately just didn't work out as intended. This is something we are attempting to remedy, As hard as criticism is to hear sometimes, thank you for letting us know what you think, because ultimately, it will make the show better. The new style of narration will begin as of next episode. And the latest episode, all about the Parker Hume case, that's the 1954 murder portrayed in the Peter Jackson film Heavenly Creatures, well, it all sounds quite a lot different. The scheme to murder Honora Parker was planned ahead of time, in detail. Juliet would collect a large rock, which later became half a brick, and place it in a stocking. They would then lure Honora out near a small wooden bridge in Victoria Park. Juliet would then drop a pink stone on the ground. When Miss Parker would lean down to pick up the stone, Pauline would hit her on the head 
with the brick in the stocking, killing her. This would hopefully look like she had tripped and hit her head on the hard stone ground. By that time, Pauline was calculating, harsh, and cynical. June 21st, 1954. I rose late and helped mother vigorously this morning. Deborah rang and we decided to use a rock and a stocking rather than a sandbag. We discussed the moida fully. I feel very keyed up, as though I were planning a surprise party. Mother has fallen in with everything beautifully and the happy event is to take place tomorrow afternoon. So next time I write in this diary, mother will be dead. How odd, yet how pleasing. I asked Sirius, who makes the show, about the reception to the podcast. I never expected it to go this big. It, it never it never crossed my mind. When me and my wife were talking about it and we were about to release it, she said to me, what's the minimum amount of people you would do it for, you know, like in, in say, six months? And I go, hey, man, if 10 people are listening in six months, I'll keep going. And it's blown my expectation out of the water. I'm guessing Sirius Rust is not your real name. <laughs> no, I sort of do it under a pen name. That's that's a pen name. But uh, just to sort of distance myself a little bit from the show, sort of make it a separate sort of entity from my sort of personal life so that there's no sort of baggage within my life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess because uh, uh, I'm familiar with Case File that you might also be a fan of, and I was going to ask you a little bit about your influences, because when I'm listening to your podcast, I don't know if you've heard Case File before, but it's a podcast where it's like an anonymous Australian narrator, very deadpan, tells you the story. You don't get any extraneous facts about him. It's, uh, of course, I've heard Case File, if you've heard, if you've heard my podcast. Yeah. I don't want to be a sort of personality, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I don't. I would rather just have the stories be their own stories and not complicate it with my own sort of personal life. Because I think I can detect a slight Southland burr in your accent, can I? People say that a lot. I'm actually from, originally from Whanganui, and uh, my my wife, she's from Auckland. And when I moved to Auckland uh, to do some, you know, university stuff, we met there, and then we ended up sort of moving uh, down to Wellington. Now we, that's where we live. Oh, Actually, so you're live in, in Wellington, uh, are you? Yeah, Lower Hutt. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that the R thing. I get a lot of uh, the rolling R yeah. thing, but I don't. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Just uh, picked that up from somewhere, I guess. Tell me a little bit about how you came up with the idea for the podcast. What, what, where did that come from? It actually, you know, strangely enough, sort of came from me listening to Case File, and uh, I'm sure that doesn't surprise anyone. But when I was listening to it, I was going through, you know, I I love that show, obviously, and I was going back through the beginning, like from the beginning, and I uh, came across uh, one of the stories they did on uh, Snowtown. Do you, are you familiar with that story? No, I'm not. No, it's it's a quite a famous Australian story. It's known more as Bodies in the Barrels. It's a horrific story, absolutely horrific. But I sort of became after listening to that episode on Casefile, I sort of became very interested in researching that uh, case. I sort of went and watched the movie. They made a movie about it called Snowtown Murders, an Australian film that's amazing. It's an amazing movie if anyone wants to watch that. Uh, horrific, <laughs> absolutely horrific, but uh, it's an amazing movie. And so I sort of got into that and I was reading about the crimes. I was reading the, I was reading a book about it and I sort of got into this research uh, hole about it and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed 
learning about the case and finding out new details and and sort of extraneous bits of uh, you know detail that uh, weren't in the movie and weren't in the podcast. And I thought from that the seed of my own show was sort of planted, uh, where I just sort of after doing that, I was sitting at home. I came home from work one day and I said to my wife, uh, "I'm just going to do a show." And I just sat down and I started doing some research. I was usually I was going to do it on the Scott Watson Marlborough Sounds uh, murders, but I found that case to be so large that it was kind of intimidating for my first show. So I sort of dialed it back and sort of did a smaller one, uh, which was the Decelia Whitaker one. Yeah, that's sort of how where it came from, and then it sort of has just sort of got larger from there. Tell me a little bit about you. Like, what's your background? Have you got a background in, in writing of, of some sort of research? So when I went to, when I mentioned before moving to Auckland, originally what I was doing is I was, I was going to film school. When I came out of film school, I started working in television as an editor, as a, as a commercial editor. So I was cutting commercials. I was working for a TV channel at the time. So I got a lot of background in sort of editing, I guess, but not necessarily any writing, definitely not research. That is something that I'm absolutely new to. I went and got a library card. <laughs> I haven't had a library card in a long time. Uh, libraries are amazing. Uh, that's something I want to state here. <laughs> yeah, so I just sort of started started going for it. Just tried my best, started writing. Definitely hadn't done any narration. Definitely hadn't read anything out loud. That is a lot harder than I ever imagined it would be. Uh, just reading things off a piece of paper and making it sound good. That is something that is really takes a lot of time. And I think people take for granted how easy people make that sound on television and on podcasts. But it's something I'm working really hard on. Because I thought you did something quite interesting. You've you had, I think, four or five episodes out in the wild. And you I think you were referring to that as testing ground or a beta test of the idea. And you'd been getting lots of listeners and you'd been getting feedback and some of it was, let's say, negative feedback or, you know, feedback saying, oh, you know, don't think much of the narrative style. And you did what I thought was quite a brave thing. You came out and you actually released a podcast saying, you know, yeah, we're working on things and we're going to change things up. And I've listened to what you've said and I'm going to change my style, which I thought was a pretty brave step. Was it difficult to hear you're obviously bowled over by the kind of reaction you're getting from people in terms of how many listeners, but was it difficult to hear some of that stuff? Oh, it was very difficult to hear. Criticism is something that I am new to receiving. Obviously, I've sort of been new to the world. And and like you said, I sort of had it in a, at a beta sort of stage. I, I sort of only sort of, quote unquote, launched the podcast on Monday, the 17th of June. And I sort of had that as almost like a as protection almost it's sort of like it's a way of me saying hey we're still learning we're still trying to work this whole thing out trying to make it as good as it can be and we yeah we sort of released those shows as sort of a hey let's just uh, see what the reaction is but the reaction was so overwhelming that that uh yeah people just started sending me things sending me that they really like the show that this is what they really like about it but then there was not much but there was a couple of People that just were saying that the deadpan, you know, monotonous sort of delivery of it, of the whole thing was a little hard to listen to. And I can, you know, when I went back and I sort of listened to them through, I, I sort of, I could see that, you know, I could see that that was, that could be a thing that people weren't a big fan of. And that's okay. What I was afraid of is sort of the faster delivery or the sort of 
more inflected delivery would sort of take something away from the heart and soul of the show. But when I sort of tried it out and, 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 you know, did it, I think it sounded okay. I think it sort of didn't take too much away from it. I think there's still stuff I need to work on with it, but that's something I'll get better with, you know, as I keep going and getting better uh, reading things off a page. But at least you're getting people who are responding and feel strongly enough that they are going to write a review because, you know, I I know from experience that it's, you know, it's quite rare that it takes an effort for someone to sit there and write a review and a thought, something thoughtful about what you've done. And, and you, you're getting he- heaps of reviews, I thought. Every day, every day seems to be there's more there because my, my wife sort of tries to curate it a little bit for me. So she sort of she sort of tells me the positive ones. Because oh, <laughs> it could be a bit brutal otherwise, yeah. All in a row it is. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to hear it every now and then, but but uh, last week it seemed to be I was getting a bunch in a row. They were all saying the same thing. And that sort of got it that got a little tough to hear. That I sort of had to disengage with it a little bit. But you know, with time that becomes easier and and, and hearing and again when people reach out and say positive things as well, and it's sort of, you know, you sort of pepper, pepper that, the the positive reviews get peppered with the sort of negative ones. It sort of makes that a lot easier to to sort of take on. You mentioned your wife a few times. Are you working on it together at all? Originally, it was just I was working on it alone, and she she sort of was there for support, and she would help me. You know, I would talk through the cases with her, so I, I would sort of tell her the story of the case in my mind and I, and from her reaction, I would find the, the interesting stuff, you know, the, the like the things she would react to, I'd be like, Oh, that, that's something she finds interesting. I will sort of hold on to that and, and put that in the show. And when the focus became more on the narration and sort of getting that right, she became a larger part of that. And she became, I, I credit her as sort of the audio director because she sort of sits here and she gives me, she gives me uh, advice on, She's a English major. She graduated from the University of Auckland as, as an English major. So she helps me writing as well. She helps with the writing and, and the phrasing of certain sentences and things like that. And then she helps me record it. Yeah. So she's just, she's a, she's emotional support, but she's also a lot of help when it comes to the actual putting together of the podcast. But not, not so much the writing or the research, but more the, the practical part of putting together the podcast. And what is it about true crime, that that genre that really appeals to you? Because you mentioned Case File, that's a, a popular, influential um, podcast, um, and, and there's no shortage of, of others in that genre. Why Why true crime? Why are we, as people, interested in true crime? Why are we interested in the psychology of strange abhorrent cases and, and, and sort of people that are different and, and I don't want to say evil, but, uh, what's a better word than evil, you know, not good people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When my wife's not here, that's, that's what I come up with. Um, (laughs) so that's something I've always been interested in. And I think that just trying to get into the minds of people that are different and think differently and how they got there is what I'm really interested in. If you sort of look, if you sort of analyze my show as much as I can, as much as the research as I can find, I sort of try to start at the beginning of the story, like preferably at, at the birth of the, of, of whoever the story is about. And I think that gives a lot of context 
it's one of those things where the more I do it, the more the research is almost guaranteed when you get into the childhood, it's like a lack of love, a lack of compassion. This, the person was sort of either abused or they're sort of treated poorly or neglected. And I think that stuff's interesting because it's sort of, you know, when it builds to what, what it is, you know, what the crime usually is, it's sort of, I don't want to say it makes you more sympathetic, but it sort of gives mm. you more context. And when you sort of read, you know, you hear about these crimes and you sort of see it represented in the news and, and in the media and newspapers and such, it's sort of, it's sort of a out, it's not out of context. They try to provide as much context as they can, but, but, you know, it's sort of, this is what happened. Sirius Rust from the True Crime New Zealand podcast. And you can find links of where to listen to more than subscribe if you go to rnz.co.nz forward slash podcast hour now or search for True Crime New Zealand wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.